Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, Tony, baby, you're a mess. Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. Extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back to Trend Nightly, everyone. I'm Molly McAleer. Tiffany Scott Maddox, how are you? I am so good. I'm so warm and limber. I'm fluid. Okay. Oh, that's right. I was wondering what that meant for a second. And then I realized we just did an hour bonus episode that's going to go up on the Patreon probably like a little bit like a little bit later on the day that we we put it up on Mondays. Maybe we'll put it up on Tuesdays because if you are a Patreon member, you get our episodes a day early. So maybe our hour long sort of clumsy, but I feel going somewhere in the future for at least in terms of Big Molly Media Network, you know, my 24-hour news network that I'm launching. I think it like, you know, was a good it was a good sample tape. A big time. I think we could send that out tomorrow and I think we would be picked up with by the end of the week. 100%. That's what I'm think I that's what I'm thinking is that we just bring that straight to like the Warren Buffetts like the, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to work with them. You know, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Rupert Everett. I don't want to work with him. What's the, you know, what's the <laughs> Rupert Murdoch? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I really want to work with him. In a fictional world, I'd bring it to Kendall Roy, but we are yeah. real people and this is going to be real un- uncensored 24-hour news that uh, <laughs> that is coming down the pipeline. But yeah, so we just tried our best to review the Deji and Floyd Mayweather fight for you. Yeah, we were watching it live and it was exactly as you thought it might be. Like picture how you think, first of all, the fight went and it went that way. And then picture what it would be like for Molly and I to be commentating on that fight. And that happened too. So it really is a rich piece of media we have created. But also I am partially watching the uh, fight through a FaceTime with Tiffany in which I literally put my gum over my camera lens so that I, I, I don't know if I told you I eventually did that, but I eventually did that. And I could only watch it in full screen if I turned my phone like, you know, a quarter backwards. So I was watching it sideways, but then also watching. And this is all in Minecraft, by the way. I would never do anything illegal. But then also in Minecraft, watching a Twitter a, a Twitter feed. So it would that keep kept getting interrupted. So 
you know, I, I tried my best. There, I, I think mostly what I noticed about the fight was the nice hug between two friends at the yes. end. Between Deji yeah. and Floyd, a hug of great respect. Yes, and a lot of camaraderie. Yeah, I think, I think Floyd has turned a corner in his, his older years. <laughs> and so has Deji. I mean, Deji no longer looks like he's just wandered in off the street. Like he does actually look like he's trained for the boxing. I think the first fight that he did with Jake, he, he definitely did look like he had spent the majority of his time gaming. And I think Jake Paul just is built like a boxer. As like my husband says, he looks like the default character in a boxing video game. Jake Paul. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely does. And yeah, I wanted to just, I'm glad you said Jake Paul because I realized that not everyone, as, as I, as I said on the, in the bonus episode, as a 38 year old woman, I don't think I'm the average deji keeper upper. So I think that in some ways, <laughs> which at first I was like, sorry guys. And then I was like, no, that's normal, Molly. Like, that's actually one thing you have going for you is that you're not. <laughs> Keenly aware of what's happening with Deji from the sidemen, is it? But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's Jake. It's like Jake Paul had boxed Deji in in the original Logan versus KSI match, which I I rewatched the other day and is still so fantastic. And we'll t- we'll mention my 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 crush. He's not my crush really, but in a way, I'm emotionally attracted to him. True Jordy. When we talk about fighting. Well, I guess now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I do have to say, I do feel very bad for Jordy whenever he trends, because whenever he trends, the leaked DMs come out of him DMing a girl and talking about licking shit off her asshole. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know about that. Okay. Oh, no. Have you, have you never seen them? Maybe I have and I blacked it out, but I literally completely. I, I I don't feel like I well maybe I actually does feel cellular like I know it on a cellular level but it wasn't at the top of my mind. Mm-hmm. Do you think he really wants to? Do you think he really eats feces? Do you want me to? T- do you want me to give you some quick highlights from them? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit. This is like technically more interesting than Ned from Try Guys, but like also not really. <laughs> I feel bad, actually. I feel bad. Maybe I can just DM them to you. But no, it, look. no, read them. <laughs> read them. Well, they're, they're kinky. DMs. As long as they're not, uh, yeah, that's good. We like a little kink. I mean, hello, we are. I, I don't know if you noticed. I changed my Twitter picture to a picture of Tony the Tiger and the Grinch holding their biological baby, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's just going to be my seasonal. You know, some people do a seasonal spooky name for Halloween. I'm so I'm. <laughs> Around this time of year, I really lean into fanfic, actually. So please send me this this actual actual violation of this man's trust. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know who he was DMing, but it looks like, you know, they're going to be having a really lovely time. So he says, fuck, you can have whatever you want, even if you tell me to remove my penis so that you can have a bigger dick while I'm fucking you, I will obey, no matter how humiliating that is, because you can have whatever you desire. Wanna have, and he says, want to know a secret? And she says, tell me. And he says, I have a bigger dildo that I haven't used. Okay, wait a minute. So let me, let me, make, let me get this straight. So this is for sure a woman. He is DMing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he, oh, this is talking about pegging. Yes, yes, yes. And then there's a bit later on where he says, maybe you could fuck my ass and shit on me. Oh, you know what? That's fine. I do you know what it kind of makes me like him more. 
Yeah, you know what, actually, because like, you know, at first it is, it's like kind of crazy without the context of like, he likes to be pegged, which like is not something I know I I think I'd be, I don't actually know I wouldn't be comfortable doing that myself. I am a bottom. No, uh, but I, (laughs) I don't know if I'd be comfortable doing that myself. So you know, I, 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 I understand a, a, a little bit. I, but I, I think that that's fine if he likes that, and that's that's not uncommon. And it's nice that he's oh. explored that and knows that he, what he likes. I love this for him. Like I genuinely do, because like he is, he obviously got ripped apart for it. And I mention it because literally every time his name trends on Twitter, these text messages just come out again and again and again. And I remember he did, I think even an episode of the podcast where his friend, he basically let his friends roast him for a full hour about it. And he just like addressed it fully head on. He was kind of like, which is why I don't feel so bad about mentioning it again on the podcast. Cause like he himself has been able to I laugh like it. at it and like kind of process it in public. And for someone who's like, who has such like a legion of like very, very like masculine presenting basically teenage boys following him and very toxically masculine men I really like that he leaned into the pegging of it all because like there's you know there's no shame in it so I'm happy for him yeah and it's something that probably is very shame-based fetish for a lot of people if it aren't like kink yeah it has to it's probably very embarrassing yeah. for a lot of men to say like straight men to be like I want you to like ram me in the ass i'll cut like i'll cut off my dick so you can fuck me in the ass harder that's like kind of like unheard of for a straight man to say which now we know true jordy owned up to it he has a fetish he's a kink and that's okay and i'm really i'm genuinely like i'm good for him yeah but. it has yeah it has, like, well, it has a major no homo undertone to it or like pause like undertone to it where it's just like this is this like casual way of being homophobic that like people have. And yeah. I think that that's what this is, is that, you know, if you said, I don't know, yeah. I want you to like eat my dick through a Pringles can, like no one would be <laughs> saying something twice. And there goes the crass American. No, exactly. Okay. Anyway, so, exactly. so what's the story? What's the story? So uh, True Georgie was trending this week on Twitter, Andrew Tate, arch nemesis of the show, had called him out for Geordie saying something that was potentially Islamophobic. Geordie immediately and very sincerely retracted, apologized and and dealt with it. And someone else had pointed out that Tate himself has been no stranger to Islamophobia. And for someone who has, his whole body is coursing with misogyny, for him to be able to call like sort of <laughs> tone police somebody is a little I mean it's a little rich anyway I mean, in the midst of all of this me, happening, you're gonna tell me that Andrew Tate is also all of that but not also racist or something know. you know what I mean like Andrew Tate's Andrew Tate's hatred isn't limited to misogyny like he's absolutely the type of person to like look at and like stereotype an ethnic group or something like that's just how his mind where he categorizes people by value yes although i have seen him be very chill about the trans community which completely took me by surprise okay well you know even a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day <laughs> yeah so i saw this tweet come up on jake paul's feed it basically just said th- it just said negotiations, and in the video, he steps into frame. Andrew Tate steps into frame. They face off in a typical 
boxing face off. It looks like they're in a gym of sorts. And it was that was it. That was pretty much the end of it. So I think it's safe to assume that it has been forecast for a little while now that there's going to be a Jake Tate fight. They were doing a lot of kind of back and forth and there's some build up there. Andrew Tate is, of course, a world champion kickboxer. Now, but, when you say that, are you being sarcastic? Because I like can't tell. No, no, he actually is. Like he actually is. Like he that's what he was. He was pretty well. That's what he was known for before he was, I don't know, trying to er- eradicate women or whatever it is that he's trying to do. But yeah, he was right. he was genuinely very well, like well known for it in, in circles. Okay. And we just I've never seen what he does with his hands though. <laughs> only his legs. I know. Well, who knows? I think maybe only his trafficking victims might really know. But there's one thing I want to say is that sorry if that was intense. But I we were talking about this a little on the bonus. I don't think that Andrew Tate is going to be this like the like Floyd, where he says, like, you know. I'm going to I'm going to take the win or like we'll do a draw or something of the sort like you just did with Dudgy, Right. I don't think he's going to do any of that. I think Andrew Tate is too proud and too toxic. And even just the like the opportunity to be platformed is not worth it for him again. Like he's not that's not going to be enough for him. I think he really is going to bring his full fight. And yeah, he I'm, absolutely is a little I, like that makes me concerned because like he might he might be out of shape but and because jake just he's on his grind he's drinking that prime he's probably doing creatine probably (laughs) probably uh shooting steroids yeah very true i would say though like tate has been a i mean i'm looking at his fight record he started fighting in professionally fighting in 2007 his last fight that was professional was in 2020. But he's been fighting for 13 years. And I think he was basically in in conditioning from being a like a teenager. He must have been in order to be fighting professionally or semi-professionally for the like for 13 years. So I think sure. that like he if he's not in like if he's not entirely match fit, which like I'm gonna be honest, I saw his his body next to Jake's, they look pretty, they both look very lean. And I would say that probably the sportsman in Tate probably continues to train like an athlete. And I noticed this with like, with a lot of athletes is that two things happen when they retire or they kind of stop kind of competing. And it's like, they'll go full blown, like, you know, like they've been let out of the asylum and then they can just do whatever they want. And they just allow themselves and their bodies to like return to a normal non kind of competition form. Or there will be those that just continue to to stay in some sort of match condition like boxers do it quite a lot they'll either go one way or the other so I don't know I think I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen his arms move truly it could just be like trying to fight someone who's been doing river dance for 13 years just their legs are always right. going <laughs> exactly and you're right it is boxing you're right no that is some that's some real truth right there that's some real truth is that it's yeah, I wasn't putting what together. Like, I really wasn't putting together what exactly you meant. And you're so fucking right. You're so right that it's, uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. This might be hard for him. Yeah, what I think we should do, uh, I think what I'm probably going to end up hyperfixating on over the next few months is watching all of Andrew Tate's old kickboxing matches, which I hate myself <sighs> for, but I'm probably going to have to do. 
I agree with you. I think that that's going to have to take place for sure. I'm probably going to be I'm probably going to be doing the same. Let me know if you find because I feel like you are always ahead of me, probably like in life, but also just mostly in time. And so like <laughs> if you wake up and start watching them and you find a real good one. Yeah. Feel free to shoot me a clip because I need an arsenal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This can be our personality for the next three months. Absolutely. When Sports I need commentators. One. That's what I always feel. It's like I always, I always feel like you need to have a little bit more of a personality. Tiff, there were so many other things I wanted to tell you. Oh, wait. We should play this clip. <laughs> Jake Paul, you put this in the notes. So Jake Paul was supposed to commentate on the latest Tommy Fury fight, abuses him instead. So let's listen to Jake Paul abuse Tommy. Or, yeah, abuse Tommy Fury, I guess, from the sidelines. Not- you fucking suck, Tommy. Well, there's you a. You fucking suck. We'll apologize for the language, folks, but. You are a fucking amateur still. This is embarrassing. You have no. My dick. co-commentator Jake is letting him know how he feels, you but have no both dick. guys in the ring. You have no dick. No, I do love the little brother energy. He he like he is a perpetual little brother. Like the way that yeah. I was saying, Aaron yeah. Carter is like he's a perpetual little. He's just so loud and. Like, you would never see Logan do that, even at his worst. Mm-mm. My toxic trait is that I really enjoy Jake Paul. <laughs> like, a lot. <laughs> it's just so chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I think I, I know. I, yeah. I like his, I like, I like Jake Paul's newer persona. I will say that, well, like, you know, like, obviously not in the we ever watched their vlogs and enjoyed them type of way. Mm-hmm. But in a, like, you know, their media personalities, I would say, you know what? I like that Logan, and it's probably all pandering, occasionally has a more liberal side to him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He does. He seems to be a little more thoughtful than Jake, but I do love the chaos energy of Jake. Like, the best day of the, I mean, was it during the pandemic? When did it happen? But when Jake pulled off Floyd Mayweather's hat, that was like, I dined out on that Got for quite cap. some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got the cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. That was pretty crazy. You're right. Uh, you're right. Yeah. I I uh I think that like I sort of I, I think I detached mentally a bit from enjoying the persona of Jake when he did the fake marriage with Tana. Yeah, I didn't really fully understand that, if I'm honest. I didn't follow it so much because it just felt a little too Well, he has a mostly male audience, and I think she was trying to build her OnlyFans. And I think that in the long run, that did work out for her because, you know, people were like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know what straight guys are like, you know, like mentally, but it's like it does feel like something where they're like, oh, this girl's fucking Jake. Like, I want to see what she looks like naked. And like his next girlfriend, Julia Fox, I think her name is. She's a is she a I think she's a she started a. She like got famous because she like took her tits out at a at a baseball game. And oh, and she has a podcast. Runs, she runs like a pro slut brand. Like it's like in a pot yeah. like reclaimed Amber Rose esque way. Got it. It's called like Show Me Your Titties or so, like sort of literally <laughs> like the name of the brand. Okay. So speaking of sluts, I got to get into our little slut, <laughs> our favorite little whore, David Dobrik. So we talked about Dobrik's, D-O-U-G-H-V-R-I-K's. And David Dobrik's Pizza Restaurant just opened on, it's not open yet, doesn't open until October or 
I guess December. What month is it? But like it doesn't open for like another for like another two weeks or something. Okay. But someone vandalized their restaurant and wrote rapist on the side of it in black letters. Now, David himself has not been accused of essay. However, if you are unfamiliar, you can go back to the whole David Dobrik thing, which I think is maybe episode five of this podcast. And I do a really long breakdown of like, who is David? Who are his friends? Why are they being featured on the insiders? Shout out Kat Tembarge. But like, basically, this article came out saying that there was a vlog of his where a young woman who was participating in what was supposed to be like a skit of doing a five-sum wound up being raped by Dirty Dom, one of David's friends. And, you know, David is still waiting to face full accountability for a lot of things, although I feel that he's... And did you hear Jason Nash said that, like, he had wished... He had an interview with Dave Portnoy and said that he had wished that that the vlog squad had handled the essay accusations from the insider the same way that Dave did, which was to sue them and like <gasps> dox the reporter. Oh my God. I know. And so like, they definitely still don't think they were wrong for that. And like what happened in the room with dirty Dom was like, not something it was like, but at the, you know, while David did not personally penetrate this poor, you know, fucking young girl, like, literally, like, what did happen, though, is that, like, he fostered the environment. Like, the, he even said that, like, you know, after some drinks and a little negotiations, they decided to, you know, do a threesome. So, mm. when you say a little negotiations, and you're also saying that these underage girls at the time, and they were maybe, like, 20, which is something that Dirty Dom brought up recently during a live stream. Like, he's like, they were 20. Like, you think, like, 20-year-olds in college aren't drinking? That's not the part that matters. The part that matters is that they were underage. They were giving them alcohol. And then one of them got raped after negotiating to be in this threesome, right? So, yeah, like, he's very much tied into that. And because he sort of fostered that environment for the sake of his vlog, and it led to something that, much like giving his friend permanent brain damage and partial blindness, it was something that started out lighthearted and just got out of control, right? So, yeah, basically someone came and wrote rapist on it. Then there was, like, video footage released of, like, it seemed like the actual literal vlog vlog squad. Like, I don't know if it was just his assistants and a group of friends, but it seems like they went out to cover the uh, graffiti with a tarp then, like, several days later, a a video came out where, like, the rapist graffiti has still not been fully removed. They've done a cl- obvious scrub job, but it's not easy to remove spray paint from a brick building like that, no. which is something they probably should have considered. <laughs> yeah, very true. I also thought as well this was in a very prominent, isn't it in a, in a prominent place? Like, it's in a it, kind of famous it, place? It, it, you could have, I know you stayed at the W or Standard Hollywood. You could have literally mm-hmm. walked there from the Standard. Like, okay. it would have been a maybe six-block walk, which, like, you know in L.A., like, the blocks are long, but, like, on Sunset, it's, like, an easy stroll. So you would yeah. have been able to walk there. And, yeah, it's, like, kind of sort of in the heart of Sunset Boulevard in a sort of way. But it's a, it's a yeah, it's a tourist. It's, a, it's like a tourist trap sort of area, too, while there's also some of the best sushi in the city right around there. 
So, okay. Basically, then now it spills some tea with me on Instagram, who I look to for a lot of these updates. They seem to focus a lot on like the Trisha Jason vlog squad updates. That's more their beat. They said that the Dobrik's logo is looking a little too too much like the Jolly Bee logo. It does. It really does. Side by side. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Pretty damning. And if you remember, when he launched Dispo, there was a whole scandal around him not just using a similar logo to one that was pitched to him by a guy blind on TikTok, but... It was basically like, it was going to be called something like David's Disposable or something. That was the name of his original company. But this kid basically said to him, you know, what about the name Dispo? And David commented on the video, I got chills when you said Dispo. Okay. Then this guy is not hired by Dispo. And they never give him credit for this idea. Turns out, like, the patent filing, this is so fucking sad that I know this, turns out that the patent filing for Dispo was filled, like, two weeks before this guy, or was was mailed in two weeks before this guy, like, suggested the name Dispo, but the fact that David commented, I got chills when you said Dispo, is a little odd, right? Yeah. Yeah, unless it's because of the patent had already been filed and he was like, oh, that's so wild that some random has also pointed out that name. However, David's not legally brilliant. Like, he's really <laughs> not, like, great at, like, knowing, like, as a writer, I'm, like, literally not the person to ask to read your scripts because I, I and this is a real thing, I legally cannot read your script. Like, it's not legally advisable. Like, everyone that I worked with, like, that worked in TV for, like, you know, 25 plus years, 30 years, said, you do not agree to read other people's scripts because it can put you in legal trouble. Because if you ever, like, mm-hmm. write something that maybe contains what could be, like, conceived as an element of it, and you can, like, look at, like, music lawsuits and see that very easily quite a bit, right? It's just a little, yeah, it's just, it's just, it is what it is, you know? It's not, it's not great. So then another pose goes up on Spill Some Tea With Me, and just, and I just mentioned the Jollibee thing just to say he does have a precedent of stealing. Then we find out that his merch is not size inclusive, which... Is that a surprise? I feel like it would be the last thing he would think about. So funny enough, David did his merch through Fanjoy, which I don't think he was ever kicked off of. But he has always... And I let me see if this is on Fanjoy or not. But Fanjoy is owned by Jake Paul. Which is, I think, actually what even puts him maybe in a better position to potentially be the billionaire that Mr. Beast was alluding to. 
Mm-hmm. Because Fanjoy is one of the I mean, it was one it was like basically the it was basically the go-to. Like David Dobrik's merch was his, he stopped making money off of his vlogs like as soon as he started to include well, actually no, the little like all of his videos were claimed because he used a little like sound that was from the beginning of a song as his <sighs> intro to his vlogs. Oh. So David n- was not making any money off of his vlogs at a certain point. Let me see if David's still on this Fanjoy site because Fanjoy I've never really heard that they were particularly not size inclusive, but David shirts only go up to XL, which you know, I see when we get when we get merch orders, I I can see like what like style the person ordered. I can't like see their address or anything crazy, but I can see what style and I often check just because I want to know what people are buying and uh-huh. i see a lot of like 2xl like i think like there's like there's a huge and i've i've also been asked like i think we only go up to like 4x or 3x or something and i've been asked if i could ex- include like more sizes but at this juncture like i just don't i just don't have the capability on threadless but as soon as more sizes are possible obviously that will be included. I'm going through Fanjoy's creators. It looks like David Dobrik is no longer with the company. However, hmm. Fanjoy does Addison Ray. They do Dumois. They do, let's see. I a found lot a of, bunch of Dobrik stuff, but it's mostly, it has like the Views branding on it. Like the podcast? Yeah, like a Views tote, a Views sticker, a couple of like phone case type things and a few hats but it's like dude they have signed they signed sophia franklin at fanjoy ss sniper wolf who's fucking massive i they've really expanded the amount of creators that they're working with now i'm just this looking is at the crazy same thing i'm looking at the a to z he's not listed on the a he's to z, not listed on but fanjoy, if you search yeah. for him the merch is still coming up so i think it's like whatever they've got left maybe they're selling But like, what's so crazy is that like David Dobrik is a merch mover. And I know that he was like pretty severely canceled. But like, again, if this website is owned by fucking Jake Paul, like that's unbelievable. They're still selling David's disposable cameras. So for $20, you could buy. Oh, is this just a phone case? Yeah, I think it's just a phone case. He was selling Mm. disposable cameras, though. Like oh wow, unbelievable actually. Yeah, so there's some like clickbait was his main line. Let's see where the Dobrik's merch is. Sorry guys, not to get too micro on you, but I really want to buy you a Jake Paul boxing bullies T-shirt for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I mean, so come cool. on now. But do they have it in like an? <laughs> do they have it in a soft cotton? Because I'm I'm I really need a soft cotton. A hundred percent cotton, yeah. Okay, so well, I mean, one hundred percent cotton could be kind of rough, but we'll see. Listen, maybe, maybe. Listen, I don't want to. I don't want anyone to go crazy. So let me see. Okay, so you can buy merch on the website at fordobricks dot com slash merch. Yeah, starting at thirty two dollars for a tee. Oh, and. for guys there's constantly on our merch website by the way like t 
tees for $15 or whatever. So you can always find on Threadless deals. So just go to solidlisten.shop if you ever want to buy anything. But yeah, we're going to, wait, are we going to add our Christmas sweaters that you made? (gasps) Oh yeah, we absolutely have to do that. Yes, we do. We've got some pretty sick Christmas sweater designs. I can give you my login if you want. If you want to add them and like stylize them yourself, you can absolutely do that. I can do that. So yeah. I mean, Dobrix is burning to the ground within hours of starting. <laughs> I'm actually on the um on the Dobrix job site, and I'm thinking I had this brief thought in my mind, which was that I was gonna go and apply for a job at Dobrix uh, and work oh. there for a week. Wait, I know, but that's I'm, I'm not allowed like, to work in your country. <laughs> no, you're not allowed to work in my country. But David is a dreamer, so maybe he will mm-hmm. he'll hire you illegally. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It'll be an even bigger scoop. <laughs> but no, maybe we should just, here's what we can do. I think we, what we should do is if we have any recently unemployed listeners who would like to find a job, who's doing something, you know, I mean, come on. If you were the head of marketing at Twitter, which I know there's probably a lot of list of, of you guys listening right now. <laughs> If, if that was you, this probably is not the job for you. But if anyone wants to apply at Dobrix and be an undercover reporter for us, we're open to it. Yeah. And you can have all of the T-shirts that you want up to five. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I can I can hand over one of my old Twitter accounts that I've had for a while. And you can just, like, change the name so that your account isn't new. And you can create a persona and base with like was an account I've had since like, you know, 2016 or something because mm-hmm. I have those. You know what I mean? Just good to have. Yeah. And you could just and you can just use that to create a persona online. But yeah, I mean, so right now they, they have a GM position open. So, if I mean, should we see if they have what if they have salaries listed? There's a customer experience influencer. Oh, that's great. The customer experience influencer provides energetic, friendly, and complete customer experience for our guests. The CEI is responsible for offering and providing drinks and desserts, as well as correctly and promptly completing the transaction process. Isn't this just someone... Isn't that a... Ser- isn't that a server? Yes, it seems like they might be using the word influencer in a slightly manipulative way. Yeah, I think so. That actually gets my hackles up a little bit because a, it's like a little bit actually. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, like very much not turned on by that Mm-mm. branding. No, do we bl- do we blame Natalie Marinduena, CEO of, <laughs> of David Dobrik LLC? Like I do. do. Yeah. Maybe we should write in because there's a contact. Maybe you can just we can just write a message saying, don't you think that, you know, customer experience influencer is a little bit of manipulative language? Yeah, it's a little misleading. And also, like, I'm not sure. Like, it's very confusing. I feel like this this could get him in some. I mean, he's not sure on lawsuits, but I don't I this does not seem great because it's like, is they are they gonna be on camera? Will they be expected to be on camera? So will the yes. workers be expected to be on camera? Will they be compensated fairly for that? Like I would get in a fucking union immediately. <laughs> I'd well, get in union I think that there's already a case for someone to sue because there is a so there's a feature at Dobrix that he introduced on his TikTok last week. Where if you go in store and buy a full pizza, so that means like you can't get like Postmates and get the coin, 
But if you go in store, order a full pizza and leave with that, you get a, a gold coin that you can either bring to a like a sort of takeout window in the back and get a free scoop of ice cream or you can go into the store and like do like temporary disco and you put it in a slot, hit a button and flashing lights come up and play a little bit of an ABBA song. Mm. And I feel like that is just as a, you know, I mean, it's like annoying enough when you like work at a summer ice cream place and you have to ring a bell every time someone puts a $1 tip in. Oh, yeah. Like, can you imagine every like, you know, especially the first week or so, like every person is coming in to put that coin in and have the experience and make it a viral experience. Much right. like in some ways, the way that Saddle Ranch involves a lot of people gathering around and taking videos of people riding the bull, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. or even just like getting the cotton candy tower or whatever. So he's trying to provide this experience. You can't hire anyone with epilepsy to work at Dobrik's. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And that is an ADA violation. Do you think we should make friends with the labor union cat that you're in a beef with to comment on this? Sure. <laughs> no. I mean, we do not speak I wouldn't the be name. mad if you went behind my back to talk to Jorts, but I feel like Jorts would more be like, don't you agree at David Jorts? Like, I think Jorts would make it about them. Like, I really do feel like whoever runs the Jorts account is like an insane narcissist or like that whole thing wouldn't have played out the way it did. Right. So, and that's just my opinion, allegedly. Like, I'm not here to diagnose or capable of doing so. That said, let's talk about our other favorite narcissist, Kim Kardashian. Ah, uh, yes, Kim. One believes. of the best. Yeah. One of the best. And like, by the way, like, not a true narcissist, I don't think. I think she's more of, like, a covert narcissist, which is why she would align herself with someone like Kanye. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But did you... Are, you're watching the show. So did you see this? I, I tell you what, I, I started catching up with it this week, and I really tuned out pretty heavily. I had a few episodes to watch. I think I had it in the background. I <laughs> I watched Chris Jenner's hip surgery and they went in on Chris Jenner's hip. And then by the time it got around to like the Marilyn episode of it all, I think my mum had called me and I just was kind of watching it in the background on mute. So I didn't, yeah. I wasn't like fully engaged. So I guess mm, kind of by like via osmosis, but not like properly. Maybe I need to sink my teeth in too, because I'm going to cover the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie this week on my recording for Mother May I Sleep a podcast. I'm breaking the mold. I'm doing what I want. <laughs> but I feel like we have to, someone has to review it. Mm -hmm. Me and the nine million gay men out there who are going to do podcasts about this <laughs> in the next two weeks. <laughs> Thank this God out for there. all of you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but yeah, so I, maybe tonight I will take the night because I won't have another night this week to just sink in, enjoy as much as I can of this, but I, I've heard it's a real snoozer because oh, it's like God, they're it's so boring. They're so aware of production, and like mm -hmm. also, I guess we're treated to long Kendall scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, although there is. <laughs> There's a scene where Kendall walks up to Scott's house and she goes, oh, what's this? It's like Car City over here. And I instantly thought of that opening of the rehearsal when Nathan goes into that guy's apartment and he goes, oh, it's like Door City over here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so fucking awkward. It's such a snooze fest. I mean, it really is. I mean, maybe I she meant to do that. I don't think she's capable of doing that with peace and love. Yeah, with peace and love, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's yeah, Boro okay. Snoro. It really is. It, it's heavily Boro Snoro. But whatever the marketing, it, it does serve as a vehicle for the Kardashians' marketing. And I can tell you it works because I put a Skims order in whilst I was watching it. So <laughs> like right. some subliminal fucking thing came through. But God, it's, it is just dire. There is no accountability. I think you hit the nail on the head when we talked about this before, which was that E always kind of held them to account a little bit. And this that doesn't seem to be the way. I mean, it is just like long advertisement after advertisement. And it's incredibly boring. And it just there is it is entirely out of touch. And I know like they are very different to how they were when they started. Like they were just in a different stratosphere. But it is it becomes more apparent with every passing season just how out of touch they are. So do you think that like in a way that's the James Corden difference? Because like I know that Ryan Seacrest produced the original and like they were all very much in bed with Ryan Seacrest, love Ryan Seacrest, blah, 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 blah. Then like James Corden comes on for the Hulu version. And I'm wondering if like, because he's a pathological liar himself, maybe... (laughs) Maybe he's like, let's just go easy. I mean, I would imagine someone like James Corden would still be starstruck by the Kardashians. And maybe, but whereas Ryan Seacrest saw them when they were in the pits of hell. But he's still an EP and it's still being run through Ryan Seacrest Productions. Well, because you could never buy him. Like, he owns them. Yeah. Which, you know what? You go, girl. But we bring up this to say that Pete Davidson was completely edited out of the scene on the Kardashians where Kim tries on Marilyn's gown at Ripley's. And if you'll remember, there was like, I think, I don't, I I think she might've posted like an extended video or something to her social that went kind of viral for a variety of reasons. One, cause like her ass like clearly was not fitting in the dress and she was like, I'll make it work. I'll make it work. And then the other is because Pete was there with her and at one point was wearing two baseball hats and mm-hmm. kissing her. And she told her, like, he told him, like, take off the, the second baseball cap because mm-hmm. if we if we use this, like, I, I'm she's like, I'm looking out for you. Mm-hmm. So do you think that, like, because we've we've seen recently and I don't we don't know if this is true, but I'm I'm inclined to believe it anytime I see something like this, that apparently Pete had a breakdown on the set of his new movie Bumpkin. <laughs> An unbelievable sentence to say where he apparently <laughs> broke, a TV, broke a TV in half and like destroyed his trailer, like threw a coffee across the room, broke a oh, TV shit. in half. And we've also seen in the press that, like, Kim and Pete don't speak anymore and that they'd be, like, cordial if they saw each other, but they don't speak anymore, which is, like, absolutely Kardashianese. Do you know? hmm That's, like, who's that coming from if it's not Chris herself? And... Mm-hmm. Or maybe that, maybe that bitch, Tracy Romulus, that's my Kanye moment. Like, <laughs> maybe it's her that's putting it out there because she's a publicist. But it feels very, like, okay, like... Maybe it's for Kanye's benefit, even, that they're saying Kim doesn't even speak to Pete anymore. Because, like, she won't have a conversation. Yeah, I always thought that the breakup was amicable. I thought the breakup was amicable. Like, she went out there probably to Australia when he was filming, and it just wasn't working with them. Right. Yeah. I, I think she, like, flew to Perth to basically be like, 
let's fuck one more time. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then I'm like out. <laughs> that is a long flight for Pete Davidson's dick. Well, apparently, like, apparently it's world famous. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting to see that he got cut out of this because I know they definitely used his image to, maybe that's why he freaked out and broke the TV in half. Was because he found out he was fucking cut oh, out yeah. of this whole thing. And he's I like, do think, though, your theory about it being for Kanye's benefit is pretty fucking could be the one, especially as he is heavily spot. Like, it might have been a snap last minute decision to basically just try and dampen down the situation somewhat as things with Kanye started to escalate and quite an easy thing to just snip out just to stop maybe another blow up. Sure. Because in no way, shape, or form is, like, any world in which Kanye is, and, like, okay, so I told you I love Aphrodite, the the celebrity tarot card reader on YouTube. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. said that, like, Kanye's beef with, like, the Jews, which, like, is insane to say. Kanye's Kanye's (laughs) anti-Semitism as of late is driven more by one person. And that, like, other people are getting caught up in it. And, like, it might have something to do with his business Mm. deals. But, like, and I'm, like, is it because Pete has, like, done interviews? Like, some of Pete's more recent interviews before, like, Kim and him started dating were about finding out that he was, like, you know, ethnically Jewish on his father's side. Yeah. I feel like Kanye is quite a narrow, focused person. And I think it would be entirely possible for him to know this piece of information and hyperfixate on it to the point where he would essentially destroy his entire career because of it. But plus, calling Charlemagne and and crying on the phone about how his wife is fucking a white guy with a ten inch dick, like mm-hmm. it just feels yeah. he's very involved with that that element of you know Kim's life. Yeah, absolutely. Who knows? No one knows. Okay, I pulled an Am I the Asshole that was like the biggest Am I the Asshole for the week. And we have to realize that amongst all the chaos that's happening right now in this world, the the world's still turning and Thanksgiving is coming up. So this is really going to be Am I the Asshole's ramping up for the holiday season, which is the craziest time of year, (laughs) not just on Reddit. I'm I'm really looking forward to reading the QAnon Reddit on Christmas Day. I'll be honest with you. That's really like going to be my Super Bowl this year. But yeah, like, yeah. So there's this Am I the Asshole called, and it was the number one of the week. Am I the Asshole for canceling plans for Thanksgiving after my parents called my brother's baby their, quote, first grandchild? Tiff, do you want to read this in your beautiful accent? Okay. This is also, I mean, sorry for once again, those of you who don't watch Succession, but this is immediately giving me Kendall talking about being the eldest son and Connor Roy. Going, I'm the eldest son. Yeah. Forgetting that you have an older brother. Okay. I, 32 female, have been with my wife, Ava. Why are you dropping names? 34 female for eight years now. But we've been married for five. She was a single mum of three kids when we started dating. She had two daughters, now 10 and 12, and a son, now 16. I've watched these kids grow up. I've read the bedtime stories, done bath time, the first day of school, PTA meetings, all of it. I very much consider them to be my kids, and they've been calling me mum for almost six years now. My brother Ivan, 
28 male, just had a baby girl with his fiance Sarah, 27 female. Can I pause you just to say that, like, in a, in a world where, like, even 20% of these are real, I, I, I think that they give names so that, even if they're not real names, like, they just give names so that that you people can keep track in the right so you can follow the story because it starts so to get too like nebulous or fiance, my wife my yeah. you know it's like a lot mm-hmm. okay anyway okay yeah i have immediately forgotten the names ivan and sarah gotta say but <laughs> anyway. I know. ivan's the brother 28 males but he had a baby girl with sarah 27 female his fiance okay i love my niece and my kids adore their cousin My kids have been the only grandchildren on my side of the family since Ava and I got together and there's never been a moment where the kids and my wife were treated like they didn't belong. My brother is their uncle, my mum and dad are their nana and pop. The kids see my family as their family and I always thought that my family felt the same way about them. Okay. The kids and I were at my brother's house just hanging out and my parents ended up dropping by with gifts for my niece. Ivan laughed when he saw the toys and told our mum and dad that they were going to end up spoiling her rotten. My mum said, since my niece is their first grandchild, of course they have to spoil her. My kids were sitting in the living room with all of us, and my youngest daughter looked hurt when she realised what my mother said. My son and my 12-year-old didn't fully react to it, but I could tell it bothered both of them too. Sarah spoke up and said, oh, you mean first grandbaby, not first grandchild. My dad shook his head and replied that my niece was their first grandchild. I didn't want my kids to keep sitting there and listening to that, so I handed my son my keys and I told him to wait in the car with his sisters. When they were gone, I asked my parents why the hell they'd said that my kids weren't their grandchildren, and my mum said that they couldn't be their grandchildren because they weren't really my children. My wife and I were going to be hosting Thanksgiving at our house this year, but I told my parents that if they don't view my kids as their family, then they could host a meal at their own house with their, quote, real family while I spend the holiday with mine. I left before they could say anything else to me, and my wife and I reiterated to the children that they will always be my kids and I will always be their mum, regardless of our DNA. My brother is pissed at me now because he thinks I reacted too harshly and that I should try and see where my parents are coming from. My mum texted saying that she and my dad love the kids, but they still aren't their grandchildren, and she hopes that we can come to an understanding that because she doesn't want to ruin my niece's first Thanksgiving... I haven't replied back. I meant what I said, but I'm worried that maybe I'm reacting too harshly. Okay. Then there's a couple of edits, but that's a little wild ride right there. Well, this is the only reason why I'm going to say it feels written to me. So she says she gave the oldest son the keys, right? Mm -hmm. Just so happens that the oldest son is 16 years old. (laughs) Which is the legal driving age, which is the only sense in which. So it's like, yeah, it's like we've been together for this long time, but the oldest is like now 16, which is just I mean, it's an age you can be. But it's also like when she says I handed him the keys, it's maybe like she she either fudged a year in his age or or something. But it's not like my kid's 16. He can turn on the car. But is the point to turn on the car or is it just to like go and sit in the car? I think probably in most parts of America, you either need to have air conditioning or heat on right now. Okay. I used to do that all the time. in LA and goes to, what? I used to do that all the time. I used to sit in my Bampy's car, turning the keys and putting stuff on all the time. Oh, 
Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> same. Like, I was never allowed to, like, get in the passenger seat and do it. But, like, my mom's, like, favorite stories are about how I used to, like, to sit in the car after church and just read a book. And, like, because I could just, like, I liked the quiet and I liked the peace mm-hmm. and I just felt comfortable in the seat there. And so I'd just, like, read a book for a few hours in the car. But, like, you know, yeah. I mean, but also you're British. Like, what time can you even? No, you're not British. You're Welsh. So, what kind? What age can you even drive in in Wales? <laughs> Seventeen. Yeah. See, I think that's so much more appropriate. And you and I had a a similar answer when I posted this thing, being like, "What's like weird about America?" Sort of to like other people or something. And you said that people can drive at at such a young mm. age. And I agree with you. I think that you shouldn't be able to drive until you're like. 18 it's like literally all capitalism like the reason why teenagers Mm -hmm. can drive like is because like we went from i don't know like people living in like farmland there was no fucking public transportation to like when gen x was doing it it was because like whoever was the oldest that had a car would like take them home to an empty house and they'd Mm -hmm. be doing that because both parents were working like I think the driving age is completely inappropriate. I think if you don't have a frontal lobe, like, one, why should, like, I also think that about, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I think the age of consent should be raised. Like, I really, I, I feel that way about a lot of, th- I mean, kids are going to fuck. You know what I mean? It's fine. But, like, it's not. But it's, like, it is what it is, right? But, like, the driving <laughs> thing seems yeah. like it needs to be way more regulated than 16. Yes. I it That kind of blew my mind a little bit because even at 17 here, it does feel like it's, it feels a little dicey because it's like having a giant weapon attached to your body. And I don't think I learned to drive until I was, like, like maybe 19, maybe 19 or 20. Just because it was yeah. like, I don't know, I had no need for it. But uh, even I like now I haven't driven for a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, late bloomers. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, like I felt the same way. My mom also was like, you don't have a car to drive. So why do you need your license? Right. Yeah, and exactly. And she was exactly. right. Like my bitch ass was stuck. Like there was no way I was making any more money than to like maybe like by myself, like pizza when I was like hung over in college like I wasn't making more money than that like so yeah like there was no car option for me until my mom got married and my stepdad was like it's insane that your daughter can't drive then I drove his uh secretary's Oldsmobile Intrigue huh. uh, that was my first car yeah it's great what was your first car did you ever have a car I did I had a, a Ford Fiesta and it was oh that's great kind of this little maroon purple color and it was so messy as all teenage girls or like girls in their early 20s cars are that one night it got broken into <laughs> and they threw all the shit around the car and I didn't realize <laughs> it was just like it was still so messy and the only the only way I realized that my car had been broken into is because I felt a breeze as I was driving and I was like oh yeah. the, the passenger door isn't closed properly so I pulled over to like close it and it wouldn't close properly and it was because somebody had crowbarred open my car yeah they'd ransacked it looking for something of value hadn't found anything and just closed it and walked away yeah there was a guy that was doing a smash no grab at my college that was like it turns out god bless the guy like undiagnosed mental illness and like he was you know like 
In Massachusetts, we get free glass, so they'll replace your glass. Because I guess, I don't know why icicles break so many cards or whatever. But, like, Mm. for some reason in Mass, they give you free glass. So you would just, like, turn your car in and they'd give you a new window. But, yeah, this guy, like, I guess he just would, for his kicks at night when he was, you know, (laughs) pre-diagnosis, would just go around bashing in car windows. And I was sort of like, wow, that's a fucking bummer. But, like... No, that was way better than my when my my parents handled that like champs. Like it was when my it was when my car got towed on football game day that like I still feel like it hasn't been brought up in like a good 18 years, but I still do feel like it's going to come up someday. Oh. I know. But yeah, like the smash and grab is a move. Someone's yeah, I mean life on the road. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. When I first moved to Bristol, I accrued so many parking tickets that it was like absurd. And I remember one time I was walking to my car from work because I just used to like abandon my car like in in like a residential street because I was like no parking. I didn't have any money. And I was like, the parking was really expensive. And one day I was walking back to it and there was like a clamp on my car. And I just like... Okay. I just started crying and I called my mom and I was like, mom. And it was like, you know, I just moved to the city on my own and I just didn't, I was like, my brain couldn't compute how to deal with that as a situation. I was like, I just need my mom. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened to that car. Honestly, I think it probably got like, well, you picked it up with the toe, right? Eventually. Yeah, they did. They gave it back. And then I think it just had so many parking tickets that eventually they they just took it and I was just like oh I guess it's gone now yes yeah I mean like it it all depends it all depends right like yeah uh, the tow thing is so crazy that it was like 120 dollars just to get towed but then every night that you didn't pick it up from the tow yard it was like another 25 dollars which to me at the time was like a life ending that's amount a lot of, of money. money yeah when yeah you're broke. like as yeah. a college student like that was like I had the best job on campus in terms of getting paid, but still, like, totally brutalized. Editor to add, I adopted all of the kids, all three of the kids, about four years ago, so they aren't just my parents' step-grandchildren. Even if I hadn't legally adopted them, they'd still be kids in my eyes. Edit number two, my wife's parents don't have a relationship with the kids. When my wife came out, they pretty much stopped speaking with her entirely. Their biological dad is not involved and neither is his family. He lost his rights to the children before Ava and I started dating. The 10-year-old has never met him. The 12-year-old doesn't remember him. And the 16-year-old wants nothing to do with him. And my parents wanted the kids to call them Nana and Pop. I didn't make the kids start calling them that. I mean, they said what they said. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, it feels very like, I think it's kind of, if if this is a, if this is a true story, so I'm going to, I'm going to, proceed on the basis that this is 100% true. This is like a really fucking nasty little toxic move from the grandparents, I think. Because as someone in the top comment points out, the sister-in-law basically offers them a, a really quick out for what could have been an awkward situation when she says, oh, you mean first grandbaby? Sure. And at that point, I think I would have had the bit of self-awareness to be like, oh, you know, I misspoke. And then go, oh, yeah, of course, grandbaby. Knowing that the children were present as well. And I think, ah, well, the kids, yeah, it's so sad. Well, 
that's, I think, the thing that they were, like, trying to establish. And they're probably weird, emotionally muted way. And be like, this is our grandchild. Like, you guys are younger kids we have around and like and love. But this is our, like, this is the star of the family. Mm. Which is a weird amount of pressure to put on children. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm going to say, I'm going to go through the comments and see if there's another highly awarded post. I just want to make sure you guys are all paying attention to the Am I the Asshole subreddit during this holiday season because (laughs) someone wrote, OP wrote, the worst part of it for me is that they said it in front of them. I'd still be upset knowing they thought it, but the look on my youngest daughter's face when she heard my mother say that just broke my heart. Yeah. I tend to go mama bear when I ever even think someone has stepped out of line with the kids. So I was worried that maybe I was doing too much in my reaction. My brother still feels like I should talk it out with them, but I don't know that I could forgive that, honestly. And McFly Throwaway 01 says, your brother's more concerned about his daughter's first Thanksgiving. Let's be real. If he wasn't, he wouldn't be telling you that it doesn't matter what they said. He doesn't feel that way and agrees with you and you'll be fine spent and you'll be fine with them being out of Thanksgiving. That's what a sibling does in this situation. They stand up for their sibling and their kids because they would never want their uh, child feeling that way. And then someone wrote underneath that, may I inquire, wrote, their concern for the for the granddaughter's first Thanksgiving is also stupid. A literal baby ain't going to remember it at all. <laughs> so nothing could ruin a baby's first giving. And someone wrote, unless the baby gets mistaken for a turkey. Edit, which one of you sickos gave this a wholesome award? I mean, I love Reddit. I do. I think this probably could be true. Yeah. What do you think? I think it could be because it's not it's not so outrageous that it's actually I think that this is actually probably quite a common problem Mm -hmm. and I've never really understood this like this blood tie loyalty that happens with like producing something biologically and genetically similar to you and having that as some sort of like that have that having superiority like the people who raise you are your family and it doesn't really matter and I don't know. I think there are certain generations that lean more heavily into the idea of like continuing their genetic legacy, which is like, ew, grow up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it, I mean, that's also the boomer thing. Mm -hmm. While these parents could also be squarely Gen X, by the way, because I think we tend to skew up on age a little bit. Mm -hmm. These parents could be squarely Gen X, which is interesting. Let me look how old they are again. Yeah, they're in the Thirty-two and thirty-four. And 34. So that's, yeah. Their parents could be John. I mean, like I'm my age, and my mom is a boomer by one year. Like, but she she was born on the cusp, right? She's a boomer by one year, but she could have easily been Gen X. But she just had me when she was twenty years old. So th- this person, being six years younger than me, could have a Gen X parent who's like this. Yeah, my mom's Gen X, and if I'm thirty-five, I'm thinking, yeah, my mom's squarely in the Gen X bracket. Which is even kind of sadder because we can't just blame it on a boomer. No, but Gen X, I, I do feel, and I don't just mean this in like a shitty way. I mean, like, I do feel, and I, and I, and I will say that, like, I hear our Gen X listeners and, like, sometimes my problem with Gen X, which is just that, like, simply, like, I don't know. I feel like Gen, like, even, like, Gen Z is proving to be a little bit more 
intolerant in a way. Yes. They're yes. always That's a like Gen boomerish. Z's the new boomer. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little boomerish and they're like, you know, just like rigidity. It's mm-hmm. new rules, but they like are they oppress in some of the same ways. And so I just like, I think that that's, I think, I just think that that's interesting, you know, and I don't, and I don't mean to, I know I've said some harsh things about Gen X on here before, but I do feel like as much as you guys were sent home to eat lunch by yourselves or dinner by yourselves and like, you know, and saw the challenger blow up, I feel like your problems are mad different and like you are the credit card debt generation. Mm-hmm. Like most people I know were too smart to get into credit card debt. So could you do maybe have that. But yeah, for the most part, I feel like I don't know. Like, I don't know. We got into school debt, but not credit card debt. So anyway, shout out Gen X. But these parents are like probably a little too young to be this haterish, right? Yeah. Although I don't know. Like, I think the older you get sometimes, the more you seek a bit of comfort in like the values that you were raised within. So even if you are Gen X with boomery parents, then you might be, as you age, you might be growing into the role that or your Gen parents Z, are setting. Gen Z, you mean with boomer Oh, Gen parents? Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, okay, one, one thing I will say about Gen X though, is that like, they're at that age now where they have to start worrying about who's going to take care of them. And there's a potential that they worry that these adopted grandchildren will not have that loyalty in the future, which could be its own form of homophobia, honestly, to assume that, like, Mm -hmm. the relationship is flighty and that Mm -hmm. this parent who's been a second parent to, like, these children throughout all of their lives, like, literally, these kids want nothing to do with their dad, don't remember their dad, haven't seen their dad, and have been raised by this other woman to assume that these children will will abandon you because they are not your flesh and blood is very odd because like, I mean, God, my mom was like so great at like collecting people that needed help and like needed people in their life. Like, I mean, like, I don't even remember how we met T.O. Ted, but like (laughs) T.O. Ted was like a guy with CP that was like 65 years old that we used to go (laughs) pick up and go watch a movie with. And like, my mom was just always really great at like, making sure that, like, we would go to the movies with T.O. Ted or we'd, like, go to the symphony with T.O. Ted. And, like, how I even know T.O. Ted is unbeknownst to me. I do not know how he came into our life. But, like, that's someone that, like, if my mom ever texts me about T.O. Ted, like, I'm very, like, worried about him. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I just, like, you know, it's this assumption maybe that there would be less loyalty and maybe that's informing their lack of loyalty. Because I think what really old people are always looking for is people who are going to take care of them. Yeah, very true. Anyway, just yeah. saying. Okay, should we go on to the stock market? <laughs> a great, easy, just do you want to, I just take this over. Jesus, take the wheel. Tiff, take the wheel. <laughs> Look, I'll be quick and dirty about this one, but we sort of have to talk about it. Twitter blue is not going very well for Elon Musk. Somebody has run the numbers and is looking at the amount of new accounts that have got this new Twitter blue verified. And I think it's bringing in about a million dollars a month, which is great. That will definitely offset all of the advertisers that are no longer willing to work with Twitter. But 
<laughs> there's so many people out there that are listening to me like a million dollars a month. That's amazing. Yeah, that's if you like started an independent toy company in your garage. Like, that's not amazing money for, like, a tech company at all. Like, especially one that was acquired for, four, was it $44 billion? Yeah, $44 billion, which was hugely overpriced. I mean, he really did, I think he really did fuck up with that. Yeah, it was a meat and, on the table for moment. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. So Elon's grand plan for fixing Twitter, and we uh, you might have seen some of the internal shit that's been going on at Twitter. I've seen a few videos of people doing code reviews of Twitter and basically a lot of the engineers, we talked about this last week, that write probably the most elegant code were essentially fired for not producing enough code. A lot of workers in Ireland, I think Twitter's got a headquarter building in Ireland, were ordered back to the office and said that they had to be back in the office by Monday. And Dublin in particular, much like San Francisco, I mean, because Dublin has become a bit of a hub for tech companies because of all of the delicious tax exemptions that happen there, has become not just because of the tech companies, but has become an almost unlivable city with the cost of living being astronomical. It is like in full blown housing crisis mode. So a lot of Twitter's workers during the pandemic or whatever managed to kind of be able to work for Twitter in and around Ireland and more affordable areas have essentially been told that they have to be back into the office on Monday as per Elon Musk's request otherwise they'll be fired I don't know like how much weight to give that I've just seen kind of messages going around on like you know screen grabs of slack and internal emails and stuff like that but suffice to say it's like it's a little bit of a chaotic fire so Elon introduced Twitter blue which we talked about last week go and have a listen and basically for $8 a month, you can have a check mark because <laughs> he wants to, the billionaire wants to democratize the platform. It went from $20 to $8. Yeah. He was like, what about, <laughs> I'll do it for what eight. About, what about, I know, it's like eight. a yard sale. It's like yeah. literally a yard sale for like internet, no, internet notoriety. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you want to undermine truth and democracy for the bargain price? of under $10. I mean, what could you even get at Taco Bell for $8? A Chalupa, maybe? And a Baja Blast? No, you could get, I because I did get into drunk ordering Taco Bell or like crisis ordering Taco Bell, which is something mm -hmm. that I'm, I've never done before. But it is gluten-free if you order the right things. I mean, they're never going to tell like they're never going to tell people. They don't want you to have Taco Bell. Not to go into DJ Khaled mode. They don't want you to have Taco Bell. Like they, you could get for $8 a Taco Bell. Let me look up a value meal. Yeah. I think there's a cravings like menu too, isn't it? Which is like one or $2 for like a regular taco, non-supreme, maybe right. like a regular nachos. So this is a Postmates price, but for $8 for $9.83, you could get a Chalupa and a regular crunchy taco for $8.93. Mmm. I wonder if it's more for British people. Is it like 10 pounds or 10 <laughs> It depends. Euros? We have different stuff, though. We have different stuff at our Taco Bells. My village still mm -hmm. hasn't got mine, so I can't confirm or deny, but oh, I'll find okay. out. Wait a minute. For $7.19, you can get a classic combo, and that includes a beefy five-layer burrito, regular crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, a large fountain drink. Ooh. Okay, that's an embarrassment of riches for $7.19. And that's assuming that they uh, round up a little bit. So the other, like another cheapie 
three crunchy tacos, which is what I go for. Mm. Three crunchy tacos. And then maybe I'll upgrade like one or two to a Doritos Locos, depending, you know, usually if I'm like, because it's just easy if you do it. It's just easy if you do it that way. But then let me look at some of these other menu items and see where $8 can get you at. uh, So for $8.39, you can get a spicy double steak grilled cheese burrito. Okay. And this is on Postmates again. So it might be cheaper in your local neighborhood. Let me look up again. Okay, so I'm still I'm I'm just rolling through just to see if I can find another eight ed- okay. So for 743, you can get 12 Cinnabon delights. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. So you could get once a month you can get 12 Cinnabon delights, or you can have a Twitter check mark. <laughs> you can get all you can get all of the sauces about five times. And it will be about the price of, and you know, and by the way, why am I valuing this? So I'm not done yet. Okay. So for $8, (laughs) okay, you get the Cinnabon Delights. Okay. So, I mean, that's about it. But I mean, like you could easily put together, you could easily put together an order at Taco Bell that would be significant, a nice hangover meal, which I feel you all deserve more than a Twitter checkmark. Uh, absolutely but you know what a twitter checkmark can buy you for that eight dollars is you can wipe billions off the market cap of a large pharmaceutical or weapons company on the stock market sure sure so priorities so essentially what happened when elon opened the floodgates to allowing anyone to buy this kind of verified checkmark is that people started twitter accounts that were similar or adjacent to large brand accounts. There were a few kind of fake profiles going around. I think there was notoriously a lot of people impersonating Elon Musk. And after he said that comedy was back on Twitter, which, oh, thank God, am I right? He decided that the comedy was great as long as it wasn't directed at him, which is what free speech is all about, essentially. So a bunch of people, they started these brand accounts. Can I just say it was like a narc meltdown? It was a narcissistic meltdown. Like watching all these celebrities be like, I'm going to be Elon Musk. Like, Kathy Griffin fell on her own sword. Like, you literally didn't need to do that. It wasn't worth it. Like, did the bloody Trump head, which was nada. It was nothing. It was nothing to even worry about. Did the bloody Trump head on the cover of the magazine or whatever not do it for you, babe? Like, why do you need to go in? And I know that she's like, she's a more of a practicing edge lord. Like she was always sort of like a subtle kiss ass that just like told the news, but like literally was ultimately a kiss ass at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. did she really need to fall on the sword for like impersonating Elon? Like that feels just dumb to me. And it felt like this like weird form of self-sabotage that like certain Twitter personalities were like, owning when it's like it would actually be a much funnier bit to have your verified check and lose it for like appropriating i don't know like let me like like unicef like what if you just did a (laughs) unicef that'd be a good one where it was like jk like if you just tweeted from like official unicef jk that'd be incredible Like, just like JK on the official UNICEF thing, that'd be kind of like, like, and that's funny because it's just like, what do you mean? Just kidding, right? That's like thought provoking. But like most of the stuff they were saying about Elon was like, I'm a piss baby and I like to pee in my mouth, pee in my (laughs) mouth, get on my face, I'm Elon Musk, LOL, rocket ship. And like, it's just like, that's like not worth, that's like, to me, that's a narcissistic meltdown. That's like watching someone like, 
ruin something in real time because like they didn't have are too like focused on revenge to like think of something like actually like valuable and damage. When's when's someone gonna take down Operation Smile? Take down the kids with the cleft lips. <laughs> or get a save the children account and tweet, fuck the children. Yeah, actually be like, JK, fuck the children. Like, you know, like, I'm, <laughs> fuck the children. Okay, JK, fuck the kids. I'm, go- I'm going to McDonald's. Lo- I'm going to at McDonald's. Lol. <laughs> HMU in the DMs. Cash app. Like, you know, like, do a cash mm-hmm. app. Why aren't they doing a cash yeah. app? Could you get sued oh, if yeah. you did that? Uh, mm, what, like begging for donations? <laughs> no, just saying like, like hit me up if you support me, like bringing down Save the Children. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and like, you know, yeah. you get $5 here and there because like the QAnon people probably think that it's like, you know, Save the Children. You know what they mean, Save the Molestation for the Children. You know what I mean? Like, that's like what they need to... <laughs> That's probably what they call it on their weird fucking message boards. You know what I mean? Go in. Yeah, absolutely. Is, I, I am the, <laughs> this is why I'm the crass American, okay? <laughs> anyway. And, sorry, Tiffany. Back to the stock market. Now over to me with financial news. <laughs> so we've got a few, a few notable, a few notable accounts went up last week. There was the Eli Lillian company tweeted, we are excited to announce that insulin is free now. On the same day that the Eli Lilly and Co. took a massive nosedive in the stock market, apparently Lockheed Martin also took a nosedive when they said, we will begin halting all weapons sales to Saudi Arabia, Israel and the United States until further investigation into their record of human rights abuses. And the stock had a little bit of a downturn. Now, I was doing downturn, a bit of Downturn, they ruined the company. They, yeah. had like a, they had a $44 million loss or something in yes, like an yeah. hour. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I not forty four million because I'm thinking of forty four billion. But they had like a massive dip. Well, they Should, lost I buy billions. Should I buy yeah, weapons? Should buy I buy weapons? Should I buy it now? Okay. Yeah. Buy, now. buy the hype. Sell the news. Buy the dip. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> buy the dip. Wait for the rip. I was looking on this financial blog that was basically charting that the fact that the market in general is in a downturn, and so that this is not this is not related. But I disagree with that. So. And I'm a financial advisor and I do give financial advice. <laughs> By the way, don't ever say that because I know that there's a reason why like every t- like Reddit and Twitter ends with like not financial, not financial advice. advice. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, what the reason why is. And maybe it's just to create trust within the community. But we, I feel like we might have to say it because in case it's illegal in my country. No, I think it's 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 not financial advice. That is a joke. That is a joke. I was joking. That was just a little just Thanksgiving JK. joke. It was, yeah. Well, it's honestly, it's a Thanksgiving prank. And also, <laughs> we're pranking you. <laughs> but also, you know, the classic thing, hide the dildo in the turkey. We all do it. In yeah. America, we do a classic Thanksgiving prank. <laughs> That'd be fun, by the way, if that was a new, like, thing to, like, you know, stuff something internally in the turkey and, like, carbon, you know, that, anyway, that's a pitch I have for later. But my, my point in saying that is just to say that, you know, it's a Thanksgiving prank. We don't know why we have to say that. And we apologize. But maybe it's just financial advice in Minecraft. 
yeah, this isn't, we're not talking about real money. We're just, it's just, it's just fake. Don't worry about it. It's no, Minecraft. I would never give financial, yeah, it's Minecraft advice that I would never give. So don't yeah. say that I did because I didn't because I'll fucking, I'll know if you knocked. <laughs> and once I learn how to log into Minecraft, it's over for you bitches. Oh, it's game over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Tiffany is just doing, uh, we're, you know, like she's just doing Minecraft on her side and I've been hearing about it, gossiping about it. So once I learn how to do Minecraft, it's going to be, it's going to be like you thought Twitter blue was bad. Wait till I step in, honey. Okay, anyway, keep going. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the end of it, really, truly. Although the the nice fun thing at the end is that Doja Cat and Elon Musk had a, a fun little interaction. She changed her name to Christmas, and then she couldn't turn it back. So she tweeted at Elon Musk, please help. I don't want to be Christmas forever. <laughs> Why can't I change my well, name? Okay, so here's my thing. I am lunatic Sal. If that's the case, because her name is literally still at Doja Cat. So this was never real. Mm -hmm. And that just means that, like, do if am I permanently lunatic salad eater? No. If I am, that's fine. No, because I mean, like yeah, be, no. you know, if I adopt a child or something, I want them to know that, like, you know, your mom ate salads with a lunacy about her, and so <laughs> like that's I'm fine. I'm fine passing on my nutrient wishes to america but like like i thought i thought that was like completely overblown and like not a real thing which made me wonder like doja who's been changing her thing all these times because she'll sometimes just have like dick sucker or something yeah. as hers, and it's like how were you changing it before bim well here's what i would say maybe during the 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 narcissist back wave of people changing their name to Elon Musk on Twitter, those with actual verified accounts perhaps had like a temporary hold put on them where they couldn't change their names to Elon Musk because mm. it was happening in quick succession, which I would think would be like a kind of a, just a quick, just a quick like little change to stop that whilst they were figuring out how to put out the tire fire. Okay. And I, so I can, I know, I think that could be possibly it. Uh, anyway, her name's been changed to fart now, so it's fine. Okay. So she's good. Okay. So I, okay. By yeah. the way, I just want to remind everyone we have our 2023 predictions coming up really soon. We're going to be recording them in the next, within the next week. So, and I actually, Tef, mm -hmm. I revisited my predictions last night and I think I did a little bit better than I thought I did. Cause oh, you good. know, I think I took, I, you know, I took a fat owl and you know that I also, like, you also did incredible. So you murdered me in the predictions <laughs> this year. So I'm going to do a different approach. Okay. I'm going to be approaching it from angles no one I ever saw. No one ever saw the <laughs> angles that I'm about to fucking hit right now. It's going to be insane. So yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the Elon and Twitter of it all. And I think that's probably a good place to stop. There is lots more fun stuff on the Patreon. There is a really excellent fight commentary that Moz and I do as boxing experts between Deji and Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> this was like a long day. This was like a nice long slice of recording and I usually don't get that. So this is yeah. new for me, like a three hour podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, this was really fun. It's really good. 
You're the best. This was the most fun day. Thank you for access to the fight. You guys, we'll talk to you next week with our predictions. Yes, absolutely. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye. Seen a shawty that look like a double G. Every girl in here ten, but it ain't no Tennessee. And you might just get some money, but it ain't no guarantee. Double G's on the left, double G's on the right. And you know I stay in Texas, I don't really like to fight. Like we in 2013, shawty do it for the vibe. Shawty moving real well, I might have to wind it down. Threw the money to the ceiling, now watch it hit the floor. Now rag it up, huh? rag, rag, rag it up, king, bag it up, huh? bag, bag, bag it up, king, stack it up, stack, stack, stack it up. She said, where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas. And if I drop a pin. Best believe that she on the Thought way. Thought was important, but I moved her right about the I'm way. Delta cheese tonight. Told her baby I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC. Low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like the tell her. Shout out Turbo Tax Tax Refund. What's another? Back to quarterback at recess. No rush. And you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT. Why your shirt orange like a pumpkin? Mama call me, ask me how college is. I said, bless me. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.